everything else versus Bitcoin essentially gets spent and dies. I want to be able to have reactive security. And I think OpVault is today the most straightforward, easiest to use way to do that. I will not be insulted by a clockmaker. <laughs> Overall, these kind of ways to make the network easier to both build on and interact with, I think is a really big deal. If Bitcoin existed when we started Twitter, we would not have to go down the ad model path. I mean, it's simple as that. Integrating Lightning into a social network is the killer app. Hello, and welcome to the Bitcoin.Review podcast, where we explore developments and projects with the people who actually make them happen. The show is supported by Pod 2.0, Sat Streaming, and Coinkite. If you're a new listener, I'm NVK. I run CoinKite, where we've been helping people secure their Bitcoins for over a decade. We make the cold card and fun products like the Block Clock. You can find more information about it on CoinKite.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Bitcoin.Review. Today, without a proper voice, I'm coming out of a cold and I can barely talk. But thankfully, I have three folks here who would love to talk a lot, hopefully. Uh, Shores, nice to have you back, sir. Hello, thanks for having me. Daniel Prince, uh, first time, uh, long time listener. Yeah, thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, it's good, good to be here, and uh, thank you for coming on my pod in the early days. It's uh, that, I still remember that, and um, appreciate it. Look, looking forward to hopefully seeing you at uh, some of the conferences this year in person. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of my f- my favorite appearances. I still remember your daughter asking some hard questions. <laughs> uh, hey, Nick, uh, nice to have you. Yeah, thanks for having us again. Uh, enjoyed it last time. Hoping for the same. Yeah. All right, guys. <clears throat> oh God, this is going to be hard. Uh, <laughs> my Citadel version one point three point zero. All right, who wants to read the notes? I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying here. My Citadel uh, 1.3 ships with support for advanced Miniscript accounts, account-based multi-sig with time locks and complex Miniscript descriptors. What's My Citadel? Does anyone know? The, the note says it's a desktop Bitcoin, Lightning, and RGB wallet. Okay. Good reading the notes, uh, Shorts. Zeus, a pod favorite here. Uh, mm-hmm. Version 0.7.5. Uh, smaller Android binaries, new camera with Samsung Galaxy support, new pay- path view, handle display of in-flight payments, external link warning, NFC model for Android, iOS clear safe. Oh God, there's a lot. Evan, you're a beast. It's a great wallet. I use it for uh, without before the show. Yeah, I like it too. There's one gnarly little bug that they haven't figured out yet. That could be my fault. I can only see my outgoing transactions. I cannot see my incoming transactions. And my theory is because there's just too many of them, because I use the node for streaming, so there's like 12,000 incoming transactions. And my guess is there's something on the line that just gives up. My, mine show up. If I scroll, uh, it kind of works, and then if I click on something, it crashes the app. Because, you know, I use it for streaming as well, right? So there, there's a lot of transactions. So yeah, uh, hopefully... That I've noticed now I'm using the podcast for bug reporting. That's not really how it's supposed to work. <laughs> but the, the I, I used it today. I used it today on chain payment from my friend's house via my node to uh, my mechanic. Went worked like a dream. So fine. I mean, that's also up to the lightning node or whatever is that's actually doing the work, right? 
it just it shows a balance on my on the home screen and then but it's not equal to the sum of all the inbound capacity. So basically, if I open the wallet, the five dollar wrench guy is much more attracted to it than they should be if they actually look at what's in there. <laughs> That's a problem. Hey, Daniel, do, do you do a Pod two on your show? Do you have? Yeah, a, I, do you allow, allow people to stream Sats? Just via Fountain. That's as far as I've got. I've not got any geekier or techier than that. Um, I let the boys at Fountain, Oscar and Nick, shout out. They've built an amazing thing. Or, or at Breeze, wherever people want to listen. Yeah. Yeah, that means anybody uh, can stream to you. It's just that yep. you're receiving it through Fountain and then, you know. I've tried both uh, Albi and Fountain to host the pod. And now I just split between the both of them. Uh, and it's kind of nice. For me, it streams straight to my own node. The downside of that is that if I want to see the actual boost, I think that that works on uh, if people use the uh, Fountain app because they take a small cut whenever yes. people use their app, and that's why the messages arrives to them. But I think if somebody leaves a boost using another app, I can only see it if I do some weird incantation on the Sea Lightning node, which I don't do. So if people do send me a boost that way they should tell me about it so i can actually look for it yeah you, you gotta give uh, the easiest way to to share the information between all the apps that you want to is to give them uh, uh, a percent if funny enough they don't support less than a percent so you can't do a basis point or whatever so uh it, this completely doesn't scale if I <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> but it's fun I think there is uh there was a pull request on c lightning to get a little bit more of these uh, tld records out so that you can actually parse them yourself using whatever tooling you have. So eventually, I think it should be possible for something like Zeus to ask the uh, C Lightning node, hey, uh, give me all the boosts. Well, it's still version uh, 0.5 of pod 2.0, <laughs> right? <laughs> so like, it's still early days. The, the other pod 2.0 thing that would be nice if it actually supported Lightning addresses for streaming, because, uh, well, it's, it's kind of hard for people who don't run their own node to get it working. I couldn't even get Aaron to do it. He's like, you just keep all the sats. I don't want to bother setting up my own node. It's like, okay, I get all the sats. You know, uh, the way I, I use it is uh, all the streaming sats go to uh, to zapping on Noster and to buy beer at the Bitcoin Park in Nashville. Like, I literally empty the wallet on those two things like every month. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good use case. All right, uh, Nunchuck iOS 1.9.24, advanced coin control. That's nice. Updated transaction nodes to support long nodes with links, color-coded coin tags, ability to lock and unlock coins, coin search and filters. That's a lot of features. I assume nodes are something you write yourself, right? They're yes. not messages, because yes. otherwise links yes. sound a little scary. Yes. No, no, this is... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, links so you enter ordinal territory here with inscriptions having HTTP headers. I just mean somebody sends you a payment to your Lightning address with some gen gen random phishing link in it. That yeah. could be a problem. Yeah, no, it's uh, this is uh, this is pretty cool. I mean, Nunchuck is really becoming a bit of a like you know quite a, like a full wallet on the phone, and they have the desktop version too, right? And then the Android version one point nine point two nine. Transaction search and filters, coin selection, coin collections, ability to export import coin data, BIP329 support. So I'm looking forward for a BIP329 support on iOS as well. That's a nice spec. 329 is multisig? No, 329, it's that uh, spec for labels so that you can export your labels and uh, 
you know, for the people who do have to do accounting, like a company, it's kind of super important. Yeah, I think I already said it on the last episode that I was on. If anybody does it for Bitcoin Core, let me know. You know, I have a, a small Paddy wallet on, on Nunchuck that's for, for like business, small little transactions. And like, you know, I have to like literally do screenshots and send to the accountant to add to the file. It's not fun. So uh, this, this would be nice. You know, funny enough, uh, we, we've actually built a tool internally that hopefully we can make it uh, public one day. Is uh, This tool takes a Electrum uh, history file and then it builds the whole whack. Uh, so the weighted average cost with every transaction in and out based on the actual government's rate for USD CAD and everything else too. So it's like, it's kind of like a crazy program <laughs> because like the accountants just can't like, because we have invoice, it's not like your standard DCA. Like it's like thousands and thousands of transactions. Yeah. It's an accounting nightmare. If you have to use the fiat as the basis of your accounting and then also yeah. of the assets you own and depreciation or depreciation. Yeah. Oh, and you have to, you have to whack adjust the capital gains as well. So like every time you have an out, you have to adjust the table for your whack. So like, dude, accounting with like multiple assets, Forex, it's an absolute nightmare. And now like having to do this because we have spot pricing for every invoice as well. It's, uh, it became, uh, it became quite the thing. I hope somebody does this as a plugin for like QuickBooks one day. Yeah, there still aren't, I guess. I mean, I use some nothing to this level Dutch thing for bookkeeping, so there's definitely no plugins there. But I think they they originally supported Bitcoin as one of the currencies, but then they only supported two decimals. Yeah, <laughs> all Bitcoin <laughs> currencies have two decimals. It's like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the stuff is still pretty hopeless with accounting software. But I, I think there is a massive market out there for whoever comes up with with like you know, like real professional accounting sort of solution, right? Like it's like, here's all the shit that accountants need so that yeah, you can just export to them. Treat it as any other foreign currency, right? So you have an account that has Bitcoin as its currency. You have accounts that have dollars as a currency. And then you just do whatever you normally do as if you had dollars and uh, and euros or something. The challenge is is the cost adjustments because of WAC uh, capital gain sales. Uh, I know we're bo- now we're truly boring the audience finally. And they're not the same <laughs> between uh, fiat and Bitcoin then? Because they treat Bitcoin as different than money? Yes, uh, Bitcoin is more like a commodity. Like chickens? Yeah, commodity, right? So you have to you have to uh, to do capital gains on every sale of it. Well, then you should lobby that they are treated as that oh, Bitcoin is treated as money basically. Yeah, that would make accounting easier. The government wants their cut because they were really there helping you hold hard. So when you sell for, for a gain, they really want their cut. Well, then they should also just get their cut for fiat gains. Yeah, I know. So you should lobby for them to get a cut on fiat gains, present it as, as a way for them to get more taxes <laughs> by complicating life for everybody else so that... Um, you know, it's funny. Like, we always joke that, like, the biggest luck the criminals have is that, like, they don't have to do accounting. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, all, like, you know, like, as a business owner, I mean, it's nice to have some sense of, like, where things are at, but, like, I wouldn't need nearly the same like resolution and accounting that we have. Like all this shit is just to prove to the tax men you're not cheating, right? Yeah, some of it is indeed to have some insight that you're actually earning more than you're spending. Yeah. But to a large extent, it is keeping the tax man happy. That's right. Oh God, fuck taxes. But pay them, <laughs> guys. Don't go to jail. 
the Dutch tax authorities used to have a motto saying it was something like, we can't make it any nicer, but we can make it easier. <laughs> that was a very good motto. That's kind of funny. I mean, like, you know, at least they have a sense of humor. Yeah, they stopped doing it, though. I guess it wasn't woke enough. But it was true. That's funny. All right. Uh, Blockstream Green. iOS version 4.0.3. Adding port of watch-only wallets through XPubs. Allow import of code card watch only, generic JSON, and Electrum format. UI improvements for smaller screens. Uh, Android overhaul onboarding UI without hardware wallets. Allow multiple account types in a single wallet. Add more currency settings for single SIG wallets. Jade support for liquid single SIG wallets. That's cool. Jade had, uh, not Jade, uh, Blockstream Green had uh, an update and improved the UI a bit. I guess we need to wait for them, uh, for Green, right? To just have generic Miniscript support. Yeah. Because they used to have their own, or they still probably have their own custom multi-sig thing. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. But I, I was using them for like single sig wallet for a little while. Yeah, but if they make it a little bit more flexible and use Miniscript, then I guess you can use it in whatever way suits your taste. Yeah, I, you know, for, for base layer wallets, I think we still we still need more options that are like actually good and can handle like a long history wallet. Because a lot of them start to break after you have like, you know, a few years in it uh, of transactions. It's uh, not fun. Daniel, what, what do you use for, uh, for phone wallets? The base layer. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I've been, like I said, I've been using uh, Zeus just to connect directly to my node. Not much. Uh, I, I'm, I'm usually generally using um, desktop for the base layer stuff. If not, perhaps Moon. Yeah, there to go to. It's surprising how often you can just use Lightning nowadays that yeah. I don't really yep. care about on-chain anymore for mobile. I, I have been using uh, some of the, the Lightning wallets for small on-chain payments as well. They do seem to subsidize some of the extra fees. don't know if that would scale, but uh, you know, it's kind of nice on a pinch. You can just send a transaction from your Lightning wallet. And then you're reminded how little Bitcoin you have on a Lightning wallet because, mm -hmm. like, you know, you're like paying five bucks and like all the thousands of sets are gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, number go up fixes that problem. All right. Uh, more phone wallet updates. Uh, Blue wallet version 6.4.1, fixed price rates and ability to search for currencies, startup performance improvements, fixed pay join implementations, GUI style improvements, BIP47 payment codes receive support. Add Bitstamp support, CoinGecko, blah, blah, and a bunch of other little things. Cool. It's funny how everyone is adding BIP47 support just as Silent Payments is getting developed. I mean, it's not there yet, so I get why you want to support something that exists. But um, it's interesting. It's, is, is it almost getting a revival? I think it's just like lack of options. I think once there is other options, then, then you probably get deprecated. Plus, like, that crowd is pretty loud too, so uh, maybe, yeah. But maybe this that's... has been around for you know eight years, and we hadn't heard much of it until I'd say this year. Yep, it's a sub. It's a sub fifty uh, bip. All right, Blixt version zero point six point seven. Comments, Blixt. Uh, I, we're gonna find out. <laughs> I knew. I forgot. <laughs> Updated LND to version uh, zero point one six point two. Added fee estimations, two other things here, and Android Merge App GUI. What is Blixt again? 
Let's see. Blix is that, um, it runs a little LND node on your mobile. So it's totally. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, it's a nice group and it's a nice, it's totally open source, but it's a nice community if you go on their Telegram group. But essentially they they run their own LND node in a mobile wallet. So it's, you know, totally non-custodial. So it's a bit hard to use. You, know, you have to sync to um, an Electrum node, etc. Is this one of like those like Rust projects? What's the what's the story with this? No, no, it's 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 a fork of L. I think they, it's it's either a fork of L and D or, they, but they have, it's definitely L and D running inside the mobile wallet. And I think they use Neutrino as well. But um, no, it's not. It's, it's all written in in type. It's all written in TypeScript, JavaScript. So okay, is it what's what's their goal? Just to have a self custody uh, a self custody wallet and that runs its own lightweight node. So they've built an LSP as well, written in, in uh, like a very homemade LSP as well. So, it, But their, their goal is that, it, you know, they're quite anti-wallet of Satoshi. It's totally the opposite approach, you know. Oh, I see, I see. Little lightweight node running in your mobile wallet. Right. I have a feeling that the Mutiny boys are going to sort of like uh, eat up this uh, uh, subsection of the market, like, you know, like having a WASM wallet right there. Uh, either on a sort of like a, a packaged browser app or on the actual browser itself, like it should really sort of like you know fix this. It's hard to maintain like uh, wallet nodes, and as you said, right, there's all the syncing issues too. So this architecture of using LND and Neutrino is pretty much what uh, Zap was doing. I think that is not really maintained anymore. So it's good that other people are doing it. One of the downsides I noticed back in the day was that I think it's the neutrino filters mainly. They turn your phone into a uh, very warm object. Yes, it's like using Damos, you know, for uh, for Noster. You know, the, the 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 phone is like gets like nice and toasty, and uh, and the battery really goes. <laughs> Shout out, Will. <laughs> All right, uh, Bitcoin Tribe version two point one point five. Create uh, create or backup your wallet. With uh, Bitcoin Keeper, Keeper 1.0.3 import single sig wallets backup. So Keeper and Bitcoin Tribe are both by the same guys in India who are sort of building some some interesting uh, like uh, different types of Bitcoin wallets, trying to do some multi sig stuff and and that sort of stuff. Bitcoin is better with friends is their motto. The Bitcoin Tribe on the app store. Yeah, there yes. you go. That's that's a long way from uh, Bitcoin is your enemy's money. <laughs> so is this based on some sort of uh, friends rescue scheme? It's interesting. Like that UI there makes me think that like, do you think that maybe they switched to BDK or something like that? Why? Because the BDK has nothing to do with, well, the link in the show notes, Bitcoin Tribe or Keeper, which is it? Takes you to the App Store, not to GitHub. So that's kind of not the place I can say anything intelligent about it that's okay all right swiss pay version 1.7.0 out of fiat conversion create account directly in app so this is a bitcoin pos i have not tried this hey uh but daniel like you guys have a lot of uh bitcoin pos stuff going on in the in your neck of the woods i don't want to dox i can't remember <laughs> i can't remember if you're if your island is doxed or not uh no, I don't think so. Who, who, who in particular are you you thinking of? Were you thinking of Coin Corner? Is that what you the POS? Yes, yes, that's the, right. The guys in Isle of Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, different island. Very close by, but different island. 
<laughs> uh, no, yeah. but don't they have like all over the UK somewhere? Like, isn't that like a thing? Or I, I don't know too much. No, what, what they're doing is um, there's a bunch of plebs called Bridge to Bitcoin that are trying to um, help with uh, merchant adoption. And they are using um, Coin Corner as, uh, as that bridge because with Coin Corner, they will ship out a point of sale machine. It's not something that they want to do too much. Um, obviously, you can download their app. And if you open a merchant account, you can download the Coin Corner app and just use your phone as a point of sale machine. But if, uh, if the business does want uh, that hardware device, then they will ship it over to them as well, as uh, has happened in my brother's cafe. And I think, Nick, actually, you, you were working on, last time I had you on the show, you were working on your BJJ gym, right? I think, um, if I remember right, Lynn, perhaps with the Bridge to Bitcoin guys as well? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've introduced Bridges to Bitcoin guys quite a lot. Um, unfortunately, my BJJ gym got into a bit of trouble when they, with their, their banking partners when they went that direction. So, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's always a challenge, which is a shame because um, it was because I, I train at Roger Gracie's, who's like the goat of BJJ. So it would have been. He's, you know, I, I had a long chat with him. He's very pro Bitcoin. He's been on Joe Rogan and shows like that. So it would have been good. But yeah, I mean, you know, these guys are more into BJJ than Bitcoin. And but the banking behind them kind of like said no way. Yeah, the usual arguments, money laundering, all that kind of stuff, terrorist finance. It's so weird. It's like it's like we're all back to like 2014 again. Yeah, it's getting weird. It's really bad in the UK right now, Nick. Yeah, that the the, uh, the regulators are really trying to. Um I don't think it's the regular. I think it's the banks. Yeah, it's banks love doing shit that's not legal. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, if you were to walk into a British bank with like Bitcoin socks, you'll get arrested now. It's that bad. <laughs> you know, like I was talking to to the bank because there was uh, I was like, uh, you know, I have a bunch of different companies with this bank, and I've been using them for God knows how long. They never bother us about Bitcoin or anything. And uh, I was sort of like opening an account for a different entity uh, that had a, a little bit, I don't want to dox it, but like it had a slightly more complicated structure. And like they're asking for stuff that like completely unrelated to the account to open the account. It's like, my and my lawyer is talking to the bank. It's like, okay, like, can you guys send us a list of the stuff you need? Like, we don't care. It's like, we'll give you all the stuff. You already have everything. And they're like, no, we can't send you the list. And I'm like, okay, well, the, like, what do you guys want? Like, it's, it's, it's also like, it's egregious. And, and they, uh, they really don't understand the law either, like on how they build their policies. Like my wife does estate litigation, right? And she often has to deal with banks, uh, like when dealing with somebody's estate that died and the banks are asking for stuff or, or trying to do things that are completely out of like the actual legal framework for you to deal with estates. Anyways, it's uh, fuck the banks. <laughs> Looks like they're getting fucked in the US anyway. So. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. It is. It is. Uh, I'm not gonna deny it. Like the shit us for it here is uh, is pretty. Uh, it's pretty strong. Well, Croesus, did you did you see Croesus put out a tweet the other day that like the three uh, bank failures that have happened in the last six weeks, whatever it is, is already far bigger than the whole global yep. financial meltdown of 2008. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't even like hitting the headlines. And like, this is the first scandal. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's now reached the point where if a bank fails, I don't even read it anymore. It's like, okay. Well, <laughs> they've, they've, uh, they've changed legislation here where we are so that now they can uh, bail out the bank fully without like much kerfuffle and like parliament and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like apparently now it's just like, oh, hey, yeah, they failed here. 
Because, you know, there is like here, there's maybe like six big banks. Well, I guess most countries are like that. You know, if one of those big banks fails, like, you know, like a fifth of the country doesn't get payroll. So they're all ready to go. So, so far, the coping I'm hearing in the media, it may be correct. So maybe it's not coping in Europe. It's like, well, so far they were just you know, American banks and then even the most cowboyish American banks in the sense that they were like, they lobbied for their own deregulation. So it's their fault. That was sort of the idea. And then there was one in Switzerland, but hey, Switzerland is not part of the EU rule set. So again, it's their fault. We'll, you know, have, uh, we'll have to wait and see whether that's actually true or when the first big European bank falls over. And that's like, oh, I guess. Well, Credit Suisse already part. gone. Right. Yes. And, and nobody's even talking about it. Deutsche yeah. Bank almost failed. Like, I think they got some, uh, some very fancy mechanisms on how they managed to make it not fail. You mean in mm -hmm. 2008, 2011? Or? No, again. Okay. They were in trouble again. But like, guys, like Europe is worst with the banking stuff. It's just that it looks better because you guys have more regulations. So like they can hide the shit better. You know, regulation really is just for them to hide shit. We have more sources. Yeah. The problem in Europe is like, you know, half of your economy is like Euro dollars. So like <laughs> the dollar farts, like, you know, you guys are all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that it's it's not possible for the U.S. banking system to collapse and the European banking system to just be like, yeah, nothing happened. Right. I agree. No. It's, it's still the weakest link somewhere. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I just hope they fail fast and, and we go back to printing. You know, I, I remember the good old days of printing overtly, brr, meme, you know, like why, why pretend? So the Netherlands has banks that are much too large compared to the economy, like multiple times the size of the economy. And the good news is, at least from our point of view, is that now it's all a European problem. So if a Dutch bank collapsed, it used to be a Dutch problem. And now if a Dutch bank collapsed, it's a European problem, which means we kind of exported some of our tailwinds. Nice. That's the way. Mm -hmm. That's the German way, too. All right. CoinKite tap protocol. Better CK tap upload command with many more options. RipeMD160 import. Imported build issue. ASCII armor on signature improved. How do you improve an ASCII armor? Isn't that completely standardized? Uh, I can't. I, I I don't know what the guys did. <laughs> I'll be very honest on this one. Like I I did not follow this library that that uh, that the guys are maintaining. But what is it? It's it's a library that you're using in in the wallet. Yeah. So right? so this is our comms library. So on how you interact with the card is like the reference library. Oh, it's not, on, it's not what runs on the card. It's how you talk to the card. That's right. That's how you talk to the card. All right. And what's uh, it? CK tap? Yep. What is a CK tap? What? It says better CK tap upload. What is a CK tap? Yeah, so CK tap is Queen Kite tap protocol. Like CK tap is the little program that, that does it. Oh, okay. It. It's a command. Yeah. That's the command. Right. That's what it says. But the, the idea of like, this library really is to be a reference library. Like most people are doing this on the phone with like Swift or, you know, C or whatever they want to do. I still have this little thing. I guess you can't. Oh, I need to send you the blue one. The blue one is better. The blue one? Okay. The new one. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, once I bought it, then it turns out there was like two different NFC protocols. And yes. then I kind of went into my avoid work mode. This, this happens often where like people go on Amazon and buy the one that like looks cheaper because they all look the same as well. And then, like, they don't have the same chipset. And the one that has the good chipset that works with everything and all the OSs is, like, three, four times more. I don't think I bought it based on price. I think I, I looked for some 
fora of people saying, what do you use as an NFC reader on Linux? And, and I think this one popped up. Right. But then it turns out there was a different one. And I think one of the, there's some people doing Bitcoin chip cards, NFC with one standard and, and others are doing Oh, but those are just tag cards. Like those are just like hotel keys. It's kind of like the coin coin corner cards. They're just like a hotel key with with uh, uh, Euro inside, I think. I think. Hmm. Don't, don't uh, hold me to it. So the difference is one of them will just give you, spit out some piece of text if you tap them. That's kind of what, um, I guess, Martijn uh, Wismeyer, the um, the Dutch guy with the beard, who used to put a chip in his hand. Yes. You know, with a private yes. key. And that <laughs> was right. literally, anybody who taps it will have his private key. Obviously, it was, was password encrypted. But you're saying that that's one standard that's being used? Yeah, no, the, the CK tap stuff is completely, like, it's a, it's a whole different thing. Because, like, we're doing a lot of back and forth, and, and there's Bitcoin signatures being done inside the cards, and there, there's pin uh, challenges. and The difference is that your card keeps the secret on the card, essentially. That's what, well, you also so sign in the card. Do if you tap something, but That's it right. will not yield its secret. Well, to a certain extent, yes. All right, uh, running Dojo version 2.0.0. Uh, updated PGP key file, added running Dojo PGP public key, update BTCX Zelkos public key, uh, switch expected OS from Manjaro to Debian, added update script that warns version 1.x users to migrate to, 1. 2 version 2, added tune Tune2FS on backup uh, drive uh, when installing it. I don't know. Do you guys use uh, Dojo? No. 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 BTC Map Android version 0.6.5. Translations to French, Russian, Spanish, and Thai. Show. Okay. So I, I went on this thing. And it's like the problem is like a lot of the locations are like stale and like don't, yeah. don't really follow like. Like I think just a quality control there issue. They, uh, yeah, that's exactly what they're trying to do. That they're, they're um, because uh, I don't know if you've met Nathan, uh, who started BTC Maps. Uh, he started it from um, the front row of the uh, the Baltic Honey Badger conference when he was listening to a panel and he had an epiphany and he just whipped out his laptop. There was an existing BTC Map project, yeah, but he took over it. But what they're trying to do now is re-verify everything that was listed. So they've oh, kept, that, that's a daunting job. Oh yeah. So he, they, they call themselves the shadowy super taggers. Uh, so Amazing. anybody can do this. Anyone, any, any pleb out there that is traveling, if you download BTC maps and uh, go to it and you turn up in the city or town or village that you're visiting and you see one of these places that accepts Bitcoin, please go inside, please check, please verify. And if they, um, there is a way that you can verify it yourself or you can just shoot BTC Maps at DM and say yay or nay. Uh, but it, it's arduous work uh, and they're, they're, yeah. they're committed to doing it, which is great. And they need the community's support. Well, power, power to Nathan. And uh, that's very cool you guys are doing this. There used to be the fun. Remember like uh, eons ago, every time a new place would uh, accept Bitcoin, you'd show up on top of Reddit, you know, <laughs> everybody would do a big dance. There was like a huge kumbaya. People would fly there to try to to, to use Bitcoin there, you know, like that That was uh, different times. It's it's still happening. My, my brother, I set him up with Coin Corner in his cafe and people drive from miles around. One dude, he's 
I know, 50s, 60s. He drove about two and a half hours across the country just to go and have some croissants and a coffee and gift my brother a, um, a hand-carved clock to hang on his wall. Oh, this so cool. is the length of shit that plebs will go to just to support a business that is now accepting Bitcoin. So, you know, the, the hashtag accept it, they will come is, you know, it, it's true. It's, it's a great meme. It works. It, it is pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm always amazed that like almost half of our revenue is Bitcoin. Like, no, because you know, yeah, like half. people. Wow. Yeah. It, it all like, it, of course it depends, right? Like if the price is like shooting in a different direction, that ratio will change. But like in, in normal, a little bit more sort of like stable times, like it, it can get to half. Like it's crazy, right? We have a few places in the country, but you, yeah, not as many as you want. But uh, there's one cafe in Harlem. Well, the real Harlem. Uh, that takes the point. <laughs> the real Harlem. Harlem, Harlem, Holland. OG Harlem. Exactly. <laughs> Place it's named after. And they have Bitcoin meetups, uh, I think it's every month or so. And then you'd have maybe 100 or more people showing up and they all use mm -hmm. Lightning and it seems to work pretty well. But most places, I don't even ask anymore. It's like, it's not worth it bothering. If people, most of these shops have existing payment terminal systems and it's just, they don't even want to deal with how their own payments work. You know, like in a way, I'm like totally fine not spending BTC. I just <laughs> like when there is places that make it very easy, like the Bitcoin park, where there's like a tablet there. You just type the drink you picked up from the fridge and you send BTC to it. Like, that's fine. But like going through the effort, you know, like I still rather like spend fiat. Like I want my fiat to go out, not the BTC. Yeah, but I get most of my income through BTC. So it means just more having to convert more and sending it to the bank right. where it could get, you know, stolen mm -hmm. by bankers. Yeah, I ask every time. I'm a pain in the ass. And because what they're doing now in Europe, I don't know if they're doing this in UK, Nick, you can confirm. Um, but uh, on the on the bottom of every receipt now is a QR code. I don't know why they're just putting this in. But every time I go up to pay a bill, I look at the receipt and I see the QR code and I go to flash it with my phone. I say, oh, you guys accept Bitcoin. And then they go cross-eyed. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, this is a Bitcoin QR code on the receipt. Then, oh, let me go get the manager. I'm like, go for it. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm always doing it. That's funny. I won't give up. Nick, is it the same in the UK? Um, I haven't seen it, but I mean, you know, there are more and more bars and pubs and little businesses that are taking Bitcoin. And credit to your friends, Bridges to Bitcoin, they, they, they seem to get a new little business in London every month now, and it's starting to pick mm -hmm. up. And then the meetups kind of follow them and they, they get free business essentially. And it's, it is picking up. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Bitcoin Jungle in, uh, in Costa Rica, I mean, like, yep. you know, Vita, like, uh, like, I think that I went to maybe two or three places didn't accept Bitcoin. Like everything else did. It was weird. Gigi told me he could move there tomorrow and like you, you can live on a Bitcoin standard. Like no problem. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's absolutely nothing like that does not accept Bitcoin. Like it, it's it's weird. Like you, you know, it's like Bitcoin has been around for a little bit. Like you, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's hard to wrap your head around that. Yeah. Like that the places already are on the Bitcoin standard is supposed to like you trying to convince them that you have some magical money. <laughs> Please accept it. <laughs> One thing that's fun that I've been doing is uh, I load up uh, Sats cards of like five bucks, ten bucks, mm -hmm. and then I I uh, I leave I, I leave that with a tip in a bill in a you know standard restaurant kind of thing. 
that wouldn't accept Bitcoin. And uh, I tell them, hey, there is Bitcoin here if you figure out how to get it out. And I leave it uh-huh. there. I just, the Bitcoin is there. It's yours already. And you can't take it back either, right? No. You know, like the, the thing that I hate the most, orange peeling people, is having to have them set up a wallet and stuff. So like just mm-hmm. leaving them with the Bitcoin and say, hey, here's money. <laughs> Don't lose it. <laughs> they tend to not lose it. Oh, they uh, maybe things have changed. But I remember the the old blockchain wallet used to have a feature that was mm-hmm. like you could send Bitcoin to an email address. And yes. this was done in a way that was like sort of deliberately not super secure. As in it would uh, it would create a private key and it would email it to the recipient, yep. essentially, right? That's not what it would show in the UI. It would just say, oh, receive your Bitcoin. And, but it would still be in your own wallet. So if the recipient didn't like properly move it, uh, you would be able to reclaim it, which is useful yep. when the person you're sending it to just doesn't do anything with it. But others set up a wallet and just forget their password. And then 10 years later, they'd be like, oh, I guess I still had some Bitcoin. But A lot of people lost. Like I remember giving people Bitcoin and, uh, and they would put in the blockchain, not in full wallet, but they wouldn't make a backup of that wallet. And then they would change phones. <laughs> and, you know, in those days, changing phones was not like, mm. you know, all your stuff to show up in the new phone, right? And, you know, and then like five years later, they would show up and say, hey, uh, remember that Bitcoin you gave me? I can't find it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> did you did you back it up? No. Well, it's gone. <laughs> Typically, if you just have an email and uh, and you didn't forget your password, you would get it back, right? You you just... No, no, no. Uh, like, this is before that. They It was... Uh, you had to back up uh, like a, a private key from the app. I don't think it was even Mnemonic. Mnemonic was in uh, 2015, roughly. But before that, it was it, the wallet stored all your private keys and you would have an identifier that basically, if it was associated with your email, you would get access to it. But the problem is that people would use a pin code and then wouldn't remember their password. And then you're quite screwed, unless it's brute forceable. So it's yours. I just checked. I don't know if you're in Harlem or, uh, you know, I'm not going to dox you, but you could get from, according to BTC Maps, you could go for a nice coffee down by the river at uh, Cafe de Koning and you can get your hair cut. Uh, probably not interesting. Um, and you can go and get a beer at uh, Cafe, Cafe de Roma, uh, which is... Where they have the Bitcoin uh, meetups. There you go. All right. So if I ever go to Harlem, I, and I... Well, no, that, this one's not verified. So you've got some work to do. Uh, you need to go and verify a taste of home. 42 Gedemte Uderracht. I'm sure I pronounced that. But yeah. do you have anything in Utrecht? Because that's where I live. That's probably known. Oh, Utrecht. Do I need to go north or south? Uh, hang on, let's... Uh, Just type Utrecht. U-T-R. That's where the tower is. There's, Utrecht. There's I've been there. Okay. There's like a... What's it? There's a famous tower there. Yes. The Dome uh, Tower. 112 meter high church. That's right. Let's see. What's this? Social... Um, do you know? Oh, it's not verified. Social bowl, so sociable. Nope. Cafe down by the river there. Oh, that looks like some uh, well, the Joker. What's this? This canals. The Joker. I don't know what that is. It's a picture of a car. It's verified. So what's this? Is there a website for it or just the app? Just the app. BTC Maps. Uh, what's this? Mimbre, M-I-M-B-R-E. 
is verified. Mimbra Hamel. Maybe it's a delicatessen. Spanish delicatessen. Hmm. They accept Bitcoin. Verified on the 11th of March, 2022. Go get your saucisson. Hmm. And that's it. The city of yeah. 100,000 people. Yeah. Get out there. Orange pill some people. <laughs> Okay, so uh, BTC, man, I'm moving slow with this code. BTC Pay Server, new plugin. LN Prism allows to automatically split sets post-settlement. That's cool. Joinbox, that's a nice one. Version 0.7.7. Custom change address when sending without or with or without a coin join. Joinbox is an interesting project. Uh, if you want to do uh, uh, join markets and don't want to like you know sort out a lot of the stuff, the join box does most of it for you. Parmanode, Parman was uh, doing some noise about this uh, version two point three point four, BTC Pay on Linux, Tor, Docker, slightly better menus. Shout out Parman, who's building the uh, the nodes, the very easy kind of noob friendly way to to install a node. He's such a great pleb, and um, thank you for everything you're doing, brother. He, he does write some some good uh, tutorial guides and things. He's excellent. Yeah, like, I mean, it's one of those people that try to understand things from first principles. So, like, he goes through his journey on whatever is the new thing that he's interested in, and then he writes about it. It's kind of, it's great to see people doing that. If anybody wants to do, like, consultations with him, he'll, he's, he's you know, I've done him at, like, 3 a.m. in the morning his time, and he just sits there, like, going through, and now do this, and now do that, and now do this. He's so helpful. So, yeah, great guy. That's pretty awesome. Trezor version 23.4.2 CoinJoin released with, uh, it's with Wasabi available for uh, Trezor Model T. Uh, the Wasabi controversy is always interesting. Pretty bold move. I mean, yeah, the, the Wasabi, I mean, the, the downside, I guess, of Wasabi is if you use the main coordinator, which, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. Is that they run? I think they run all the inputs through the you know approval oracle known as Chainalysis. That's so Chainalysis right. will just say this input is okay, this input is not okay. One thing I would want to check with them at some point is when you create the tra- so Wasabi does everything over Tor, right? So that kind of nice. It keeps you somewhat anonymous. I'm hoping it doesn't send the whole XWAP over Tor, just the addresses that you're using for the mixer. That's what I'm hoping. But the thing is, when you set up a Trezor by default. My guess is it will just use your browser and send over the XPUB to that server because you don't generally don't run it on a full node. So I would be very scary about that combination of starting up a Trezor the default way and then using it with a mixer. Yeah, that's not a good you idea. You have to have a very clean setup from the start where it's like, okay, this is a one, this is your this wallet you're gonna use only for your mixing stuff. Well another issue too is that like, you know, Trezor has your shipping information, right? Yeah, exactly. So so like you really, really don't want the people who shipped you the hardware wallet to also have transaction visibility. So uh, use a VPN or something. Yeah, and the thing is, if if you use this um, Chainalysis Oracle, like you're saying, hey, would you mind if I use this coin? Then Chainalysis knows, oh, so now we have somebody who's trying to use a mixer and maybe one day we move towards yes. world where even trying to use a mixer is right. that that'll be flagged somewhere in a database. Well, you become person of interest. Try to mix save try to mix save you know what i mean and it's yeah. yeah exactly but that depends on how it works right it's it's possible that chain i hope that chain analysis sends the oracle list to uh the wasabi coordinator like basically saying don't, i don't think don't that that's how it works rather than the other way around where it's like, i think no i think you have to feed your 
your transaction data to chain analysis, and then they give you yes or no. Yeah, that's very bad because that means they record all the attempts. But again, you know, I do not want to speculate on this topic because uh, this topic makes people very crunchy. So uh, if anybody knows, let us know. The problem with coordinators is I guess you can't see what they're doing. Yes. I mean, because even There's if a lot of trust. you have no idea what's actually running on a server that's doing the coordination. So that's yep. a tricky one. It's a lot of trust involved. Still, I think it's a bold move because it's yeah. say basically the, the public statement here is like, hey, mixes are normal, mixes are good. Uh, dear governments, get used to it. Everybody can use them now. So I think yeah, that's, I think that's make, but the, there could be some problems with this. Yep, it's very cool. Mercury Wallet, a blinded two-party ECDSA. So this is a new pull request. I don't know much about it. Somebody just tweeted at me. I don't know if it's a welcome PR or not. I assume it is. It's a lot of work in this. Uh, I also don't know too much about uh, how Mercury Wallet works. I know a guy. Nick? Hello, yeah. yeah so, um, originally got that. <laughs> that, that, was the, that was the hint. Okay. Yeah, so originally when um, I think Ruben first came out the idea of state chains, a, a lot of the paper talked about it being blinded. And when we originally built the first attempt, I mean, we didn't. And there were a few reasons for that. None of the um, cryptographic libraries were kind of mature enough. And then we thought there'd be quite a lot of UI challenges. But in the last six months to a year, we've been focused in rewriting the backend to be fully blinded. And what this means is that our backend will have no knowledge of any um, Bitcoin addresses. So essentially, when people want to create a state chain, a state coin, they, they essentially get back a token ID. And that's all we see. So our service allows people to transfer these UTXOs off chain. At the moment, we see the Bitcoin address, we sign it, we allow people to move these coins, and we allow people to facilitate coin swaps. But we, we do see the Bitcoin address. Now, being fully blinded, we won't see anything. We, we essentially will be like a, a virtual open dime or virtual, you know, and that's all we see. So this means if people want to ask us, I know it's a sensitive subject, do we use chain analysis? Well, we wouldn't be able to anyway, because all we see are these kind of like, <laughs> state coin IDs. We see no... Nice. We, see, we, we don't see any Bitcoin addresses, so we're just blindingly signing things, yeah? We could be signing, you know, anything. <laughs> that, no, that, that is the way. It's like, make sure that you just can't do the thing. I think that yeah. was Blockstream's motto, right? Can't be evil. That's, at least, I think that's a good goal to have. So are you guys seeing volume? Sorry? Are you guys seeing volume? Well, okay, so we built all the backend code for it, and but we haven't finished the DUI, so we probably need a more... You know, I'm going to say one month. So, you, you know, you know, in software, you always imagine you're coding it drunk and times it by two. So probably, yeah, two months, two to three months for the UI to be done. But um, yeah, but the back end is complete. We're, we're quite happy about it, you know. And uh, for us, it's a big change because I think it really is it's cool. It means no one, because people ask us, do we do chain analysis or nothing? And even if I say no, you, you wouldn't, you know, I can't ask you to trust me, but now there's no way we will have no addresses, nothing, because it's impossible for us to do anything here. And I think that's a big change, and I think that's the way a lot of these layer two should hopefully go. And we, we've essentially just become, we become like, a, 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 you know, an open dime company, just virtual. So I love that. I love open dimes, yes. virtual <laughs> or physical. Yeah. Is there a reason why you went through the trouble of doing this in ECDSA rather than just, just jumping to... Uh... Schnorr? Well, originally when we went down the direction, um, 
when we built Mercury Wallet, Schnorr, there wasn't any stable version of Schnorr on the back end with two-party ECDSA, so none of the libraries were, were, were ready back then because I think we'd been live for just over a year. Factory, it probably took us a year to build it as well, so that wasn't ready. So, but um, yeah, we could use Schnorr now, but it's, it's still a lot of work. It'd be a lot of engineering for us to switch to Schnorr. So. Right. Well, I would imagine that it would simplify things, so it would make it easier to audit that you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, but we do. We use two-party ECDS. It's kind of the way we manage our key shares. So it's kind of core to the way our transfer protocol works. So there's a lot of. I'm not a cryptographer. I'm a software guy. So yeah, I I, I can't answer. <laughs> never write your crypto <laughs> library. That's a good disclaimer. Just my my poor man's understanding of. The difference between ECDSA and Schnorr is that ECDSA is essentially a maimed version of Schnorr. Like they mm-hmm. just had to add stuff to it to get a, get around the patent, which mm-hmm. implies that if you have something working in ECDSA, you should probably only have to delete things mm-hmm. so that it works in Schnorr. Um, basically, you strip out all the nonsense and you're left with Schnorr. So naively, it would be pretty easy to go towards Schnorr by just removing all the ugly stuff and, and the end result would be cleaner. But that's a very, very naive view of it. Yeah, no, it's like we we are we're working, we're almost done adding Taproot Schnorr to Cold Card. And dude, it's like Taproot oh, complexity, that's yeah. a story, right? If you want to do well, if you want to do anything Well, but- no, I mean just the basic Schnorr signing. Like, I mean, it's not gonna go all the way to all the Taproot features and stuff, right? I mean, I'm talking about just like the basics and it's a lot of changes, right? Like a lot of changes. So you're not using something like LipSecP or some other... No, we are. We are. It's, it is still, but you have all the bindings, right? And you, then you have all the test cases and then you have all like, it's just, and that's the money that really touches, that's the, the part that really touches the money, right? So... You need to be backwards compatible because you can't just yes. say, hey, cold card users, I'm going to do right. a, a Bitcoin hackers mastodon on you and uh, <laughs> you just, you know. So yeah, we, we have a, a big diff coming, but we're going to release it as an edge release. So like a separate release. So that people sort of really play with it, find all the bugs, and you know, it's gonna take a long time to to make it into the main release. But the cool thing is, it'll be signed. So if you want to run it, you could run it. And then after that is music multisig on cold card. Then is miniscript, and then is music. I think lipsig P also doesn't have music yet, because I'm also waiting for that. Because in nth key, like- oh, it's on the Z version, isn't it? Oh, I didn't even know it was there at all. But uh, yeah. oh, maybe it's not. I don't know. No, it, it can't be right. It's been too. It's too soon. Well, the bib the bib is very new, so yeah, I don't yeah. know if there's anything. Yeah, I know. Like as a hardware wallet, I want to be a laggard when it comes to like new primitives. Like you know, we really have to be last because you know people don't use their hardware wallets to just fuck around. They use it for like money and their real stuff. So yeah, but as a developer, I'd like to see some experimental firmware for Signet, for example, because then I can start playing with these constructs. Right. And it's kind of annoying to try and develop something if there's no other hardware devices that can do it. It's coming. All right. Uh, Project Spotlights. Soma, space chain inspired by open markets for assets by Fiat Jeff. Uh, Rindell was giving me a bit of a of a rundown of this. I'm not going to get into it. But, uh, I mean, this is a lot more palatable than drive chains and does not sort of like require any Bitcoin changes. Which is great. Aside. All it needs is any prev out to be activated on Bitcoin. That's right. What well, What's interesting is that, like, you know, all these things like tarot and all these things, like they they all they don't interrupt with all the other wannabe 
Bitcoin-based shitcoins, right? So they still need exchanges to make fees. And that's probably where the business is. So uh, as soon as somebody comes up with something that doesn't have, that they can interrupt with all the other token crap that people want to do, then uh, then I think it gets more interesting. But uh, we'll see there. So uh, props for Jeff for doing this. Man, is a machine. Preternio, preternio? <laughs> a full text <laughs> search engine for Bitcoin searches inside every operator. Op- oh, that's cool. Oh, that's very cool. That is very cool. There's a lot of uh, interesting messages on op returns. Yeah, that reminds me of the Chainalysis post that was uh, deleted. Yeah. I don't know if you've read that one. Uh, no. So a couple weeks ago, Chainalysis posted a blog post, or I think it was last week, and they said, hey, we found a bunch of uh, op return transactions. They were pointing towards you know, some cluster. Uh, basically, people were just spamming addresses that they saw on the internet and putting messages in the opportunity. And the messages were like, hey, this is Russian intelligence and they used it for this. And this is, you know, the Russian military, whatever. And they wrote a whole blog post analyzing, you know, how credible is this? We don't really know. And then they deleted the blog post. So that's oh. got really interesting to me. It's like, hey. Yeah, because you can definitely delete something on the internet. Yeah, they couldn't. So I only read it <laughs> after they deleted it. <laughs> And my theory is, I don't know. But anyway, you would be able to find these things easier with a search engine for Opportune. Huh. That's interesting. Bitcoin is data. Hard to get Bitcoin metrics and visualizations. Present Bitcoin metrics. Provides raw data. Download CSV uh, and XLSX formats. Cool. Blockchain data, it's, uh, it's fun and interesting. Setmap.app. Find and connect with local Bitcoin businesses. Is this similar to uh, Orange Peel app, Daniel? I've not heard of Satmap, but that's what Orange Peel app um, what does eventually want to become, like the Orange Pages, you know, for for Bitcoiners. Uh, so they've got um, the the first uh, MVP was let's just get plebs on there and and see if people want to connect, and they do. There's over five thousand un- users on there now. Then oh, wow. events, yeah, events are live. So cool. if you you, you, what's cool about it is, um, yeah, you can, on the events page, you just hit the events and it's getting really populated. Even um, Bitcoin uh, conference, the Miami conference is listed, uh, but the side events are listing now. So if you want to get to the toxic happy hour and you don't know when or where it is, you just go to Orange Pill app, you hit events nearby, what's coming up, you can do uh, either search. And um, sure enough, it's uh, it's all listed there. Uh, it's cool. It's brilliant. Uh, Bitcoin Racing are putting all of their race weekends on there. So in the UK, this weekend, for example, they're going to be in Brands Hatch. And they're in the Porsche Carrera Cup now. That They've got a seat in the Porsche Carrera Cup that's in front of 4 million TV viewers on ITV throughout the uh, the season. And they run a meetup at some of these race meets as well. So it's cool. Very, very cool. But I've not heard of these guys, so it's interesting. And I'm sure uh, Matteo would, uh, would be interested. Where, where can in- people find your app, Daniel? Orange Pill app, iOS, uh, yeah, on both app stores, uh, or go to um, orangepillapp.com. I just sit on the advisory board. Matteo is the founder. I had him on the podcast just about five episodes ago. So if people are interested, they can go and listen to that and the reason he started it. You know, it's not a dating app is the, the hashtag meme. Uh, because of course it's a sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a buddy dating app. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
It's the grinder app of Bitcoin, but uh, That's we, right. we need more women in Bitcoin. The problem is, it's 800 bucks for women to join Orange Pill app. So maybe we need to bring that down. No, I mean, what's uh, happening is uh, we're just going to have most men turn into women because it's a trend now. <laughs> and that resolves all the gender issues that people think Bitcoin has. Yeah, let's just convert half of the Bitcoiners to women. Let's do it. We're in talks with Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. Uh, so maybe um, they, they can uh, be the main sponsor. Perfect. Yeah, get on there, brother. See, Bitcoin fixes everything. It does. And just like BTC Maps, when you get to a new town or a new city, uh, I was in Andorra for a weekend meetup just last weekend past. Uh, shout out to Tib that put that together. Thibaut Marichel, um, he, um, he put that together and uh, it was a great, uh, great event. But you turn up, it's like, right, okay, who's nearby? And there's a few people in Andorra that he hadn't even met yet. I'm like, You see, it works. So then you can connect and chat, and he's like, "Yo, we're, we're throwing a meetup, or can I come and meet you for a coffee?" I'm in it. I'm just passing through. It's uh, it's a great way. Oh, you can tell the truth. It's all dick pics. It's a <laughs> 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 it is a paid app, right? It's a paid app. You've got to remember this, and you can pay via light via the Lightning Network because you don't want the crypto bros and you don't want the, the spammers. You want just pure Bitcoiners and plebs on there. I just had lightning uh, is still enough of a barrier. You know, it's not a huge barrier, but at least it keeps the uninteresting people out, I guess. Uh, yep. We have a we have a meetup in the Netherlands too. I think it's a monthly one where you have to pay an entrance fee. And you have to pay with Bitcoin. Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, awesome. it's fascinating how like uh, just charging for things like really cleans up a bit. Yeah, it's 10 bored apes to get into our event. Uh, you know, who's coming? <laughs> Hey God, give me a pen and paper. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you twenty, so I get a free beer too. All right, uh, wallets of Satoshi two point one point one three new uh, point of sale fix, and a few fixes there. Uh, Wallet Satoshi is custodial, but man, like you know, they are they are onboarding people, and you know, it's um, they're huge volume too. And uh, they they made it easy for a lot of people to to come zap on Noster, so uh, props to them. Rust Lightning version zero point zero point one one five. What a way of saying we're not ready. Puts two zeros. <laughs> so uh, the MRS RV of the main LDK crates has uh, been increased to one point four eight. Okay, it's a long list. Uh, any comments uh, there, Nick or Shores? Well, I see the word Bolt 12 in there. So that's good. They're working on that. Because I think we need, like, hopefully that standard will be finished soon, TM. All right. LND version 0.16.2 beta. Mempool scanning logic no longer blocks startup. LNBits SaaS. You can now spend your own LNBits instance paid in sats per hour. That's great. Good on you, Ben and Kali. LNBits is a pretty awesome project. I mean, these guys are really uh, pragmatic shippers. Albi, Noster Wallet Connect, Lightning Bridge implements WebLN. Oh, and they also have an Albi SDK to get started. So Albi is really cool, man. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're really sort of like heads down shipping. One of the only Lightning wallets that are never, well, really node with Zeus that never had any issues paying anything. So uh, that's that's kind of cool. 
I hope they come up with an app. Anyways, uh, Voltage, NIP5, and Lightning addresses. Voltage releases their Noster 2 kit. Do you guys uh, use Voltage? So I, I just got acquainted with them this week because I'm thinking about using them as the backend for our store Lightning operations. I don't have the bandwidth to maintain our own Lightning infrastructure and the volume will be a pain he has to, to deal with too. So uh, maybe maybe they're the ones still exploring. They do seem polished. Uh, and I think they use LND on the on the back. Bolt.observer, the new alerts on liquid ops, uh, node and liquid automation. Uh, Mutiny node version 0.2.8. LNRL off with multiple profiles have been added. Try mempool API schema first in case uh, user configure to mempool explorer instance can now open channels to CLN LSP. Shout out to Paul, Tony, and um, <laughs> and Ben. Um, ben, I'm blanking here. This quote is killing me. All right, uh, Lightning Loop. Uh, Lightning Loop is a non-custodial service offered by Lightning Labs that makes it easy to move Bitcoin into and out of the Liquid Network. Set Musig 2 to be default swap protocol. Okay, that's edgy. Well, Lightning is one of the earlier adopters for Musig. Yep, uh, for that makes sense. Right? Because yeah, they, they have to do complicated things. They have to be online all the time. They're pretty good at not reusing nonces. Yep. Yeah. Nayuda Wallet version 0.1.7 Android Lightning Wallet. I have not tried this yet. Nayuta was the fourth Lightning implementation, right? Or at least one of the original ones? Or is that uh, a different Japanese? I am not sure. So Nayuta was behind uh, Patarmigan, however you want to pronounce it, which I think was an independent Lightning implementation. So uh, different from C Lightning, different from LND, different from Rust Lightning, but I think they stopped working on it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of code to maintain too, so I I can't imagine why you would do that. Ask the Electrum people. Yeah. Well, I know. I still don't understand why they they created their own Lightning thing and integrated the same wallet. Stacker News subs released. Man, Stacker News, I really want to see them like replace a lot of their stuff with Noster. To me, like it's kind of like lost the point of trying to make all these things on database, on your own sort of centralized database. I think they, they have like a great UI, just like, you know, like have some some first mover advantage with that domain. You, you know, guys, just just embrace the Noster and, uh, and replace it all with Noster posts. It makes your life easier too. They've done a great job though of onboarding people to Lightning though. One of the... Easiest ways yeah. I've found to, to, to get people to use Lightning is Stack and Use. Oh, for sure. No, but it, it is not mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. They can still have exactly their onboarding, everything. Just have the post be Noster post by the, the poster. Sphinx Relay version 2.3.1. Feet Sentiment Bot. Simplify Load Lightning. Update Sentiment Bot. Senti, uh, sentiment Bot. Cache Stack Test. Uh, feet Cache. Integration. Uh, it's kind of cool to see Paul still uh, maintaining the Sphinx uh, protocol and uh, 
That's mm-hmm. it. Encrypt the chat protocol, or what is it for? That's what they started with, right? Sphinx chat. Yeah. It was. They were so early, so damn early with it. It was the first was pod 2.0. It was the yeah. first pod 2.0. It was incredible, and it was all over Lightning, right? All uh, messages over Lightning. Yep. So it's good to see that they're they're still around and and building. So and Paul's a great guy, uh, yes. Paul Itoy. So yeah, mm-hmm. let let's see what happens. Uh, um, I'm glad that they're uh, in the news. He's also a fellow hunter too. Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah. yeah, and homeschooling father. Uh, That's right. Yeah, he's he's a chat. Yes, he is. Uh, all right, Project Spotlight. Strom by Sentimoto, an open source application to allow charge point owners to accept Lightning payments for charging sessions. Cool. I think it's NFC Strom. risk. Sorry, Shores, go ahead. It's probably Strom, right? If it's a sort of a German word. Strom. Strom. I think you're just trying to be Dutch about it. Power. No, German. Oh, it just means go. power. <laughs> they have a diagram on their GitHub page. I don't know if you've seen it. It is very complicated. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I guess my question would be how open are these uh, charging networks? You know, it's still dominated by Shell and, and all these other uh, companies that have. It's a very complicated system, from my understanding. Like, uh, it's very untransparent. Like, people will have 15 different cards. And then they go to any of these charging points on the street and they don't display their rates and their rates is going to be different depending on which card you use. It's a complete mess. But if, if it is open and you can hook onto it with, um, with Lightning, then that's nice. I mean, or you can also just have your own generator with some diesel in it and then charge your own car like that. You could, yes. Uh, but then you don't get subsidized. Uh, NFC wristband uh, to Ellen URL for Bitcoin tipping. Your bartender over Lightning. LN Scratch. Play free Scratch cards every day and win real Bitcoin. <laughs> That's fun. Like the NFC wristband, is the, the bartender wearing that? Or are you wearing that? I guess. Because this will get really cultish. If like Bitcoiners go to a bar and they just hand a armband to the waiter. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's on the waiter. Yeah, I just checked through <laughs> Benjamin Wolseley on Twitter. Woosley, excuse me. It's better than a tattoo. <laughs> Local sats. Buy and sell Bitcoin in person. Anonymously log in with Lightning. Okay, that's cool. Clams, a free and open source browser interface for securely and remotely controlling your core Lightning node. Okay, it's, uh, it's got a nice Art Deco uh, Clam logo there too. Oh, it's written in uh, TypeScript. And Svelte. All right, uh, scribsat.com, independent payments for your ghost site. Okay. That's another thing that's getting replaced uh, by Noster there. There's a N blog and a few others. It's it's like it's like ghost, but you don't have to host anything. Uh, you just host the, the layout of your site somewhere. It's just play HTML, and then it pulls stuff that you wrote to it from your NPUB. I don't want to see things in database anymore. Screw Why? all... The hosted thing, all the all the content, all the text content should exist on the not on the Noster network. Which means it's completely ephemeral. It sounds like yes. anti feature to me. If I write a blog post, I'd like it to not disappear because some relay took it down. But you can keep a copy. You can just like what people are doing is ju- you just run your own private relay that you just sort of like stuff uh, uh, your copy of everything. What I think is going to happen soon is that. Uh, services will pop up offering, say, you know, like 10 years 
data storage, right? Because it's like nearly nothing if there is no retrieval. So you just keep on pushing to to something like you give them your npub, right? And they just take everything you push and store it for you. I think it's going to happen. It will be pretty cheap too. You can probably send it to rsync.net or something like that. All right, uh, the Noster part of the show. I'm going to be quick because we're going to start doing the Noster review <laughs> uh, list soon because this is just projects that were kind of like related to Bitcoin. That's why they're here. But the list is just ginormous for Noster. So it was it was already starting to become silly. So it's gonna I think we need two separate episodes. Noster.review or you're just going to... So some some squatter has the domain. I have Noster.reviews. If he wants to trade, the plural for the singular will be great. It'll be very grateful. Otherwise, no, I think I'm just going to run it through Bitcoin Review and it's going to be the Noster, the Noster list episode. Otherwise, it's just too many domains. Um, all right. So Monstro, a lightning network peer-to-peer exchange platform built on Noster. That's pretty cool. Mind you guys, a lot of this stuff I haven't tried it yet, but like, I don't know, I just feel like it's super important to mention them out loud so people go play with them, get some ideas and go build. Coinster, Bitcoin Taproot multi-sig custody, sorry, multi-custody, using Noster to coordinate transactions using a tap script, mini script, spending policies. That's very cool. Uh, using Noster as the transport for this kind of stuff is interesting. Yeah, but I would not want to broadcast my transaction no. proposals over a public relay. No. Even if they're encrypted, which I assume yeah, they are. No. <laughs> swap service. An order book for performing submarine swaps over Noster. That's pretty cool. That, and that would be cool to be done publicly. Yeah, those, those are inherently, you want to do them public, right? Yes, Everybody exactly. Want to be able to make an offer. So there, there it makes sense. I think the thing that's going to really, really push Noster over the edge in terms of adoption is not going to be the social media stuff. It's going to be the markets. Because what you're essentially doing is you're broadcasting offers and bids and you want to do that publicly and censorship resistant, right? So like it's like absolutely perfect for that. For any kind of market that cannot be done on a centralized system, right? yeah, I would not want to. I mean, the stock exchange works perfectly fine because it's all regulated, and then well, you, unless they stop it because they feel like it's going south too fast, right? That's the problem yeah. with all that shit. They they only have um, what do they call them? Um, breaking uh, circuit breakers. So, circuit breakers. A circuit breaker only on the downside, though, right? I mean, it can moon as much as it likes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. When our <laughs> friends are starting to lose money, we press the button. Yep. That's the policy. I mean, but you're right, Shores. Like, I mean, like, like it's talking like centralized services are more efficient by definition, right? But well, and also because the ownership of you know the it's all centrally controlled anyway. You're a publicly listed yeah. company. You control what these shares actually mean in the end. So I don't see much benefit to decentralization there. But if you're doing, yeah, something like, okay, I want to see about liquidity to my Lightning node. Yeah, that makes sense to just do it publicly. Well, I think a lot of the the gambling that people do in Wall Street is going to move to the web. I mean, they already did with Ethereum, right? Like that's essentially what people are doing. They're just remaking Wall Street with sort of like new owners and more options of owners. Well, Wall Street has two functions, right? It has the function of raising capital for a business, and it has a function of gambling. And the gambling... The gambling is dwarfs. So that's why people move to uh, Robinhood. That's right. And then, yeah, if Robinhood gets shut down, and they move to Ethereum. Or 
Well, in Robinhood, the problem is like, you know, they're all front running their own customers, right? That's what uh, Citadel was doing with the Robinhood stuff. Anyways, Nostra-TX.broadcast by Bain the Carman. Uh, listen to Nostra relays for Bitcoin transactions, events, and broadcast them to the Bitcoin network. That's pretty cool. That is horrible privacy. But it depends on what you're trying to do, right? And you can create a new ex- you can create a new like a new key pair on on Noster and broadcast that. So like you can preserve your privacy. Yeah, I guess you could you could go on tour and then create a new yeah. Noster entity, send it to a relay, and then have it broadcasted. Mind you, that's one click, right? Like most of the the web clients, you press a button, they create a new identity for you, a new key pair. Yeah, I guess I guess it, it's suitable for if you want to do this manually, right? Because if you want yeah. your Bitcoin software to do it, it can just make a Tor connection. Yep. But um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I like the idea of people broadcasting transactions through many different means. You, you could also even charge for it, right? So you would actually take a small lightning payment, and then in yep. exchange for that payment, you will broadcast a Bitcoin transaction. Yep. I mean, I wanted to do something like this with Ham Radio. I wanted to have nodes that listen for transactions over the air, and there would be an extra address, an extra output that goes to a non-private key, and then it would be a race condition to see who sweeps it. But then you don't need coordination to pay the listener for broadcasting your transaction. But uh, it kind of became a little, it's kind of pointless too. Well, there you could use uh, Bolt 12. So a Bolt 12, uh, basically you can have one of them can be take my money. So you can say, here's 20 sets. And so you first, first you broadcast the Bolt 12 and then the transaction. But I don't know how you could make that conditional. Yeah, and no, I'll see, the idea would be fully uncoordinated, right? You just broadcast something in the air once because that might be the only chance you have and that's it yeah. right and somehow you help bootstrap the network with some fee all right monster i think didn't i bring this up already no uh, an open source musig privacy based wallet built on noster I, I just saw that on twitter i have not had a chance to look into it but it seemed very interesting yeah the, but the, again the the idea of privacy based and publicly broadcasting i don't think it's a good mix even if you can make anonymous identities, it's just you're leaving so many breadcrumbs. Yeah, I, I guess like what I what I want to see is people exploring it, right? Like I, I don't sure. think anybody's selling these tools as like, you know, fully baked and please do this with your life threatening situation. Yeah, for sure. But it's important that like, you know, people like you are bringing up that you know there are concerns. Primo adds search functionality in. Uh, I think. Um, notifications as well really like that client that's what i use in the browser now which client is that primal.net okay i'm still using uh iris so yeah no this is uh it's quite uh it's it's quite an upgrade for the web and it has text search which is kind of nice all right uh sure since i have you here do you want to do uh, Optech? Just like any any uh, any special updates here that are like very very worth mentioning? Um, yeah, we can have a look. I mean, the, I haven't read the discussions recently, so they re- they refer to the uh, mempool P2P message, which is potentially interesting. My understanding is that this is used. The original function was to say, "Hey, give me your entire mempool," but the problem with that is then you can start fingerprinting nodes mm-hmm. based on what's exactly what's in the mempool and when. So it's been very far restricted. So the, I think the proposal was to just drop it. But uh, there's still some use cases left where you might be running one node and another node, and you want to sync those two nodes for the first time. So 
there's that. Well, let's see if there's anything else. Then there's the Merkelized All the Things vaults. Haven't read it. <laughs> I know Salvatore gave a presentation at uh, Advancing Bitcoin about Merkelizing All the Things, which was an okay. interesting presentation. That's cool. I don't know if those videos are up yet. Then okay. uh, Adapter Signatures, Adam Gibson, probably very interesting crypto stuff. Well, that's it. There's an Optech recap podcast now. Yes, it's very good. Yes. Schmidty is organizing that, right? Yes. It's a little bit of a delay from the Twitter spaces, but the advantage is you don't have to be on a Twitter spaces, which yes. for me always just turns my phone into a space heater. Well, I mean, you know, if it's winter, it's probably cheaper than uh, power these days. No, it's power. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually more inefficient, right? Because I'm, I'm joking. Through an adapter and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the boosts. Eric99, uh, Stay Humble, Stack Sats, Scarcity, When Flipper Zero Discussion, Ape Myth Rendier, as usual, I can never say your name, sir, but thanks for all the support. Value for Value, uh, at the upper edge of technical understanding, but quite enjoyable nonetheless. Nostra sounds interesting. Vake, thanks for the Sats. JC Denton, fantastic panel, thanks, guys. Dash, Great signal episode and gas. I'm convinced Opvault is critical to scaling Bitcoin. Yeah, that was a good episode about the Opvault. Yeah, did you re did you listen to the round two? Yeah, yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, I sometimes wanted to keep ranting about the technical stuff a little bit longer before you interrupted them. I know, but like, <laughs> but see, it, it's it's a hard balance, right? Like, because like you know, I want to also hear them ranting like more about the technical stuff, but then. I'm really sort of like trying not to lose the audience who may not be as technical. So like, I, I, you know, it's, it's a hard balance. I don't think you'll lose them that quickly. I mean, if people are willing to listen to a two-hour show, I think they'll find listening to a two-hour, 15-minute show. Did you listen to the one with Adam Gibson and Polstra? Yeah, you were talking about Segment, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that raised a few interesting questions for me, too. Like, where, what exactly was the calculation behind that? <laughs> it was not answered. <laughs> No, exactly, because they didn't know exactly what the answer was. So it's That's right. maybe list. I mean, it, it it roughly makes sense the arguments that were presented. Yes, it was one of my favorite episodes. Big <laughs> enough to incentivize destroying UTXOs rather than creating more of them, yep. but not so big that the blocks become fifteen terabyte. Yeah, Daniel, I don't want to put on the spot, but uh, do you listen to the pod? I had no idea you had a podcast until Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm fucking with you. No, no, no yes, I have, I've listened to some. It's, uh, it's great to see more podcasts coming out. Um, you know, there's... Bitcoin doesn't have enough pods? <laughs> not enough. Not, not nearly enough. And um, I, I do mean that sincerely because so many people come into Bitcoin from so many different avenues. That's so if right. somebody just brings a slightly different angle to it, uh, and I know Johnny, who who helps you on this, he yeah. has his um, kind of freedom-focused podcast and his audience is going to get orange-pilled slowly but surely. I've been on his show talking about uh, uh, you know, Bitcoin and you know how it's changed our lives. So we need more. Yeah, uh, we do, for sure. But I have listened, mate. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable. And and thank you for doing it. Thank you for stepping up. We, we need oh, more. Oh, dude, it's, uh, it's a, this is all started because one... You hear the the shitcoin trolls saying that there is not enough stuff happening in Bitcoin, and I'm like, I can mm -hmm. barely keep track of it. And then I wanted I a way to keep track of it, so we started the list. It's just a list, right. and also Marty and Odell sort of like you know slacking on their list. <laughs> so uh, 
Well, Odell's too busy on the, the Citadel dispatch. He's I know. an absolute beast. So so I, I it was funny because I did bring Odell to start on the pod too to help me read the list in full right. uh, for two hours, you know. And then we started doing this this panels as a, as another sort of like in between the lists as a way to like, you know, get the people who actually build the stuff to come talk about it like technically instead of just sort of mm-hmm. like having like an interview per se. I felt like it was not like I didn't have like a something like that yet. Well, can we can I, can I just throw a question at you guys? So like for anybody listening that's scratching their head like me about this, I mean, right now if you look at the mempool, uh, we're up to what 150 sats per byte, 126, 143, 145. Just looking at the last blocks, yeah, um, we are we got 218,000 transactions pending. So what's going on? Like um, it's the BRC20 people. Essentially, like there were about two million uh, inscriptions up until like a few weeks ago, and then I think in just two weeks, because of this BRC20 shit. They added another million inscriptions. And uh, this is, you know, like, I truly believe that Bitcoin number go up fixes the inscription problem because it's just going to price them out. But what's interesting is that it's giving us a preview so that we don't get lazy and start sort of like creating the scaling solutions that don't need base layer for everything. Because like, realistically speaking, you know, base layer is not for the poor, right? Like you can never do base layer for coffee. Even even if we did it like 30 megabytes blocks or 100 megabytes blocks, still not enough. There was a time when I was occasionally doing lightning transactions and I looked at the fees and I noticed like, hey, I paid more for this lightning transaction than I would have paid on chain. And yep. that's definitely mm-hmm. not the case now. So now you really need to think about, okay, do I, you know, should I have some lightning channels? The answer is yes. So BRC, Bitcoin request for comment, which did this... I, I've paid no attention to these uh, inscriptions, ordinals, or, you know, for, for anybody listening, I know you probably have a more technical audience, but for those that aren't, you know, I'm completely oblivious to it. Uh, it seems like a hell of a lot of noise that's going to disappear in three weeks, and I don't want to put any energy into, you know, wasting my time So learning about it if it's just going to disappear. We did an episode about ordinals with uh, Casey and Rindell and... and uh I can't remember who else was on it. I listened to that one. That's okay. the one I listened to. Yeah, so like, you mm-hmm. know, but that's pre-BRC20. I, I yeah. honestly, I have not looked into it. I also did a podcast on uh, on ordinals, well, especially inscriptions on the uh, shameless log, the uh, Bitcoin Explained podcast. No, please, please shill it. It's a great pod. And it became a book. It became a book, which is also quite famous. But the thing is, if I Google BRC20, and you even follow mm-hmm. by the word spec, I get nothing. Mm-hmm. That's that's quite bad because that means that something is so popular that nobody like that that all the nonsense overshadows even the technical specs. But remember the board apes. I mean, like with all the Ethereum shit with NFTs, like most people don't even know that they are just buying a link to a JPEG that's in a server on Amazon. Yeah, but usually it is knowable. Like as an expert or expert in square quotes. I think I should be able to Google what is this standard and find a nice summary that explains what the hell it is at a technical level. Mm-hmm. And I have sure, no- so you just have high expectations. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that we've reached this point because with ordinals, at least, there were specs, reasonable specs. You'd still have to sort of look in the code to see what it's actually doing. But here, so far, there's nothing. Like, I have no idea what this is. It's just something that's creating a lot of fees. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Bitcoiners greatly miss 
that there is a lot of market demand for all this crap. You know, just look at uh, Magic the Gathering and uh, Pogos and all that shit. You know, people love this crap and it's not going away. Like these people are going to be on this for a long time. So these uh, BRC things are just opportune messages now, but other and then other than that, they're just moving coins from one person to another, I guess, which is what Bitcoin transactions do. So whatever. So this is not this is not related to stamps or nothing. Was that something else? No, stamps was worse. So stamps was using okay. counterparty. And then they were using counterparty in the worst possible way. So counterparty has different modes, you could say. If you if you want to use uh, if you want to send short messages in the counterparty protocol, they're less than eighty bytes. It uses opportune, and opportune is relatively harmless. Like the anything that has an opportune output just gets pruned. But if the message is bigger than eighty bytes, counterparty falls back to bare multisig, and bare multisig is you're creating a fake multi-signature address, and you're pretending that your data is a bunch of public keys. So the, as far as Bitcoin software is concerned, th- those are spendable addresses. So you have to kind of keep them in mind. Maybe not in RAM, but it's, it's kind of bad. They mm-hmm. also use something called SigOps, uh, which is uh, a limit on how many signature operations you can do in a Bitcoin block. And they use it fast. So the, the original, basically Satoshi at some point realized, hey, this multisig stuff is uh, very inefficient and could be used to blow up any node. By blow up, I just mean making it take more than 10 minutes to validate a block, which means you can never catch up. And so he put very quickly put some limits in place, and one of them was saying, okay, this is going to be 20 points. Like, it's one point for a normal signature, it's 20 points for a multisig. Even if it's a one of two multisig, it's 20 points. And that limit is kind of became irrelevant because people started using SegWit um, at some point. However, because these uh, stamps came back, people started pushing that limit again, and this led to two invalid blocks. Because it turned out that, uh, I think it was F2 pool, they miscounted the number of SIGOPs in the block, and specifically, they miscounted the number in the Coinbase. So generally, what (laughs) they construct, they have probably one process that constructs a block that starts to fit as much as possible into the block without violating limits, so not being more than four, four megabit, or four megabyte, not being, you know... And the SIGOPS limit, they were very careful about it. They they filled it up to the max, and they left one basically for the Coinbase. The idea is, and that was was correct before SegWit. So they uh, you have to leave one point for the Coinbase because the Coinbase is typically uh, paying the public key hash or something, which is one SIGOP. However, with SegWit, everything was multiplied by four. So now the Coinbase is four points, four SIGOPS, basically, and they forgot to adjust that. So they were off by three which is a very, very expensive off by three mistake. So anyway, that was, so there were two invalid blocks, about, uh, I guess, $175, uh, $175,000 each, just gone. Well, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, but so this new thing, this BRC stuff, I, again, I don't know how it works, but I don't think it's using those SIG ops. Um, for one thing, because I think if you want to include something with, uh, like that, and you have to pay about 4x the prevailing fee rate to get in. Mm. Because there's not enough space. If, if you're using bare multisig, you can only have, I think, a thousand of them in a block. Mm. And so if you're trying to assemble a block, as a miner, as an economic miner, you have to see, okay, how many of these things am I going to put in there? Because for every bare multisig transaction that I put in my block, I cannot put three normal transactions in my block per byte. 
So I think Bitcoin Core internally has a has a way to produce blocks, and it discounts them by a factor of four. I think it just pretends that these blocks are paying four times lower fee rates. Uh, sorry, that these transactions are paying a four x lower fee rate, and then creates a block according to that logic. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't know if it's actually the most economically maximizing way to do it, but the idea was like nobody uses this because it's stupid, so it doesn't have to be efficient. But that was a mistake, I guess. Well, yep. the Bitcoin Core didn't make this mistake, to be clear. It, it was the miners that implemented something themselves. But, you know, like, what's interesting about all this, I don't know, like, I feel like all this this DGEN shit is, like, stress testing Bitcoin in many different ways before we have the, the banks truly collapsing and everybody coming to Bitcoin. It's kind of nice to find out all these things now while, you know, like, there is, like, room and time to fix things or strengthen things. You know, it's like any software, right? I mean, you just don't know how it's going to be used. I hope long-term it brings more creativity because for years it was seen as like if you were coding on Bitcoin, not being a Bitcoin developer, building like layer two, you, you were treated like a, an old COBOL developer of 20 years ago. And, you know, I think... Hey, there's least- nothing wrong with that. Do you know how much those guys make per hour? <laughs> yeah, but we're not, like, we're not seriously, be, like... We're not going to get the $50,000 per hour. But... Yeah, I hope it brings creativity. Maybe these like things are a bit funny, embarrassing maybe, but you know, hopefully something yeah. good comes on top. It might also increase the excitement for reviewing newer proposals that help with some of the problems, right? So um, basically maybe L2 or LN Symmetry, I think as it's called now. Mm-hmm. And also V, I think is there's V3 Transaction Relay. There's a couple of proposals out there that will make dealing with these high fee environments a bit safer and, and mm-hmm. easier. And those, you know, th- there's always theoretical problems. Oh, my channel could get pinned, whatever, but the mempool never got full, so it never really happens. And now the mempool is full, and so maybe you'll see more nasty attacks, lightning channels, people losing more money, and that increases their motivation to then work on proposals to make it better. It's, it's usually when there's no urgency, you know, the, 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 the bigger improvements just don't get reviewed. So it's the same with this, you know, SegWit basically uh, fixed the block size problem for a while. But by the time people were actually deploying it at any serious scale, fees had already gone down. You know, I I think another cool thing here is that like nobody was going to really spend time optimizing the lightning channels because the the fees were so low. And now they don't really have a choice, you know. I must say, I still don't pay any attention to the node. So uh, whenever I need to make a payment, if it fails, I open another channel. Otherwise, I'm happy. I also don't rebalance them. I'm, I have way more inbound capacity than outbound capacity because I guess people don't close them. Right. So maybe with splicing, all of that'll change. I'm just looking at the metrics here. Average block time at the moment is four minutes and eight seconds. Jesus. And uh, we, we're hash rate is at 366 uh, exahash per second. The estimated difficulty change is up 142%. Interesting. I'm seeing on mempool.space, I'm seeing average block time 12 minutes. I'm on Bitbo. I'm getting that. Maybe uh, it's... That, might, that sounded a little too aggressive there. Let's look at Clark Moody. He'll have it up there as well, won't he? Yes. I mean, the average block time in the last two blocks might be six yes. minutes, but the last... Yeah, that could the be. The average would be a lot lower than that. Let's see what Clark is seeing here. All right. So while you look at that, uh, I'm going to, like, there's a few news items here maybe we can touch. Uh, Coinbase gets Bermuda license. Fuck Coinbase. 
Uh, Bitcoin is now available on Telegram in at wallet web interface. Do you guys know anything about this Telegram wallet interface thing? Bitcoin no. is now available on Telegram. I mean, you, you can always do things with Bitcoin and Telegram. No, but it seems like there is a, a like a wallet bot or something. Oh, it's like, I see. So it's not official. It's like somebody's running. A, I don't know. I don't know who made this. Probably a friendly person, but it feels like it could be rugged. I think uh, Gleb Nomenko went on a podcast uh, a year or so ago explaining sort of the peer-to-peer -peer trading in Ukraine. It was all Telegram-based. Basically all the buyers and sellers. Yeah. Uh, there was also the the trust wallet pound by Ledger that uh, made it so that uh, the browser extension could have been installed without any user interaction. Great. To be clear, the trust wallet is not by Ledger, right? Ledger found no, no, no. They they are the ones who who pound it. Anything that's called trust, <laughs> don't use it. Don't <laughs> use it. <laughs> Apple removes the original Bitcoin white paper. That was uh, that was uh, unfortunate. Quick. I'll write a little script for people to just like type on the terminal that just adds it again. But is that the emergency fix they rolled out recently? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but it would be pretty funny if it was. But they added a letter, a, like a bunch of like just like a blobs for the to be big, but it didn't they really do it. Bank recently, though, haven't they? Apple, more or less, like significant savings of state general, but that was yeah. mostly working with Goldman Sachs. Just a little layer on top of it. But they recently started offering savings accounts, didn't they? Apple. That's possible. I would not want to have that much exposure to Apple. I already have Apple equipment. <laughs> okay. Uh, Venmo rolling out Bitcoin and crypto withdrawals. This is really interesting, right? Because Venmo is ginormous. And I think they're seeing the pressure, right? That like the people who are doing this there now want to, to take their, their Bitcoin out. So... Um, you know, like it or not, like, you know, when you have things like Venmo doing Bitcoin properly, that's like some serious fucking like volume. Are, are they still publishing the names and details of every transaction in a public API or have they stopped doing that? Uh, sorry, say that again? I, th I think a couple of years back, there was a scandal where, where somebody was able to download the entire Venmo database. I, like, you know, I, I, just, like, I believe it. Sending drugs from A to B with phone numbers in it and all that stuff. That's hilarious. And I think they even may have been a competitor of Venmo, so I don't want to say anything bad, but something like that. Uh, and I think they even considered it a feature initially, saying, oh, it's good and transparent. It's like, no, it's like payment information. Don't do that. I think I've figured out what's going on here because blocks to retarget 2015. So we just literally uh, did the, um, the last difficulty Adjustment down 1.5%, uh, 1.5%. So, yeah, it's just happened. That's why it's uh, so aggressively. Uh... Okay. All right. Uh, Balaji lost his bat, came up with a great story to make him look good, that he lost a meal to, to make a point. Was that 90 days up already? Or did he just concede this? It was. I think uh, he conceded. Because that's good. Oh. That's gone by so quick if it was 90 days. Wasn't it 90 days, the, the original bet? Yeah, I think so. I think he conceded slightly earlier. Oh, hang on a second, guys. It's going to be cool. Uh, okay. Okay. So apparently Gigi's saying I can go. This is going to be really cool. Let me give you guys the link here. Well, okay, so. Just, just breaking news, I guess. So breaking news. Mm -hmm. Breaking. Who would have thought that on Bitcoin Review at an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes of recording... We would have breaking news. I need one of those soundboards that go, woo, woo. 
According to the renowned website, ForkMonitor.info, partially built by yours truly, there are now three stale blocks, as in uh, three independent stale blocks. Oh, no, that's not the breaking news. No, no, there's more. Yeah. There, there's actual breaking news. <laughs> right, but there's one at, at seven, seven, <laughs> sorry, 788,000, and then there's one at 129, one at 212, and one at 254. So that's within 200 blocks like one of the miners, either it's coincidence or one of the miners is seriously misconfigured because that's a lot of blocks in a row that are not building on top of the most recent one, but building like basically uh, at the same height. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to interject here because I have this breaking news <laughs> that needs to be broken. So Jack's foundation donated $10 million to OpenSAT. I joined them too, and uh, we're going to put $5 million to Bitcoin development for open source and $5 million to uh, Noster open source grants. And we're going to be looking for people to, uh, to submit their, their applications soon. We're setting up a, a committee for Noster and Fiat Chef is part of the committee as well. So like super, super pumped about this because we want to try to fund long-term Bitcoin and Noster development, long-term, long-term at market competitive rates so that good developers, you know, can come work on this stuff uh, and feed their families uh, and not feel like they're missing out. And uh, we're also going to do uh, a lot of smaller grants. And uh, for Noster, at least, I think we're going to also put a lot of bounties out. Uh, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm like super excited. And uh, Gigi joined OpenSats to be the full-time ops person. And he's awesome. going to be running it in his green suit. Love it. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be, you know, ideally paying everybody in Bitcoin, holding Bitcoin. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully by the end of this recording, the blog post will be out. Cool. So I'm on opensats.org, right? That's where people can go and uh, learn about it. That's right. And uh, slash apply to apply. You know, we're improving the forms. We're improving a bunch of stuff, but there's a drop down there, there for Nostra, Bitcoin, Lightning, or other. Are you thinking about doing bounties as well? Or? Yes, for Nostra at least. Uh, so Nostra and Bitcoin might be running slightly different. We, we don't know yet how that's going to work. But for Nostra at least, I think we're going to definitely put some bounties out. Small bounties, not like, expecting people to do full projects, but because it's such a nascent technology, it's nice to have like some ideas out there for people to try to make them and, you know, feel like they get something if they spend their time on it. I had like about like three or four bounties claimed on a bouncer.org for Nasser ideas that, that I wanted to see made. So that was cool. Hopefully we can take this to a whole other level. Uh, so yeah, thank, cool. thanks. Uh, thanks Jack for uh, sending, sending the check. So is that coming from Btrust? No, no. This is uh, this really? is uh, no. This is uh, completely unrelated, uh, and it's also non-strings. Uh, you know, like it's, this is full sort of like okay, here's the money. I believe in you guys. Go do your thing. Don't listen to me, kind of thing. It came from uh, Start Small. He's uh, a philanthropic personal entity. So it says here, I'm, look, I'm on the About Us page. OpenSats will fund software developers, but also designers, reviewers, researchers, educators, and others who support these free and open source tools. That's cool, man. Yep. Here's the, here is the 
the preview of the blog post coming out probably as soon as uh well this show takes so long to uh to edit for the next day that it'll definitely be out by then <laughs> hmm. i mean what, what would need editing man this has been absolutely uh spot on perfect no edits needed ship it that no that that's right i mean like you know, Johnny just uh, clips out uh, my uh, my snot uh, blowing right now, <laughs> uh, which I kindly uh, muted myself, Johnny. You'd be pleas- pleased to hear that. But anyways, so yeah, guys, uh, this is this is super super exciting. Uh, Steve Lee now has competition. <laughs> Spyro is no longer the only game in town. All right, okay. Uh, Lightning in L two news. I don't know, guys. We're we're pretty like we're running into like uh, we're running late here now. I think, unless uh, and I'm losing my voice. Is there any topics here that you guys think we should uh, mention, or should we wrap? Uh, what do you got? Zeus. We talked about sets for files, uh, decentralized file hosting based on Lightning. Excellent. Strike expands Sing globally to Guatemala, bringing lightning fast money transfers from the US to Latin America. Cool. Shiro becomes the first RGB wallet on Umbrella. And then it's all Nostra stuff under there, right? Yep. Or have I, have I started reading from a completely different part of the list? Y- possibly, yes. The, the list is so big. That, it's like, so massive. Yes. Yeah. The, the, this is pretty much like where we're getting to a point now. Like, even if this is the short Nostra version of it, there's just so much shit going on in Bitcoin. They're like, we literally cannot finish a list of topics within two hours. Let, let, let's go down to legal and political because you got Jack here, right? Jack sure. Dorsey's Bitcoin Legal Defense Fund prepares for case that could have wild ramifications for open source developers. Uh, what is this? It's backing 13 Bitcoin core developers facing lawsuits by Craig Wright. Ah, okay. Yeah, so if you listen to the Dr. Bitcoin podcast, like all of it, mm-hmm. then you'll know all the shenanigans that Craig Wright is up to. Uh, in this case, like uh, you know, he's pretending he lost a bunch of Bitcoin that actually belonged to somebody else on the one fix address, and he's trying to sue Bitcoin Core devs to say, "Hey, you have a fiduciary duty to me, even though you never met me, and uh, please build a backdoor into Bitcoin Core to give me the money." Was it a joke that he was suing the Epstein Foundation to say that he met Epstein or something? Or was that like a joke or something? I I think it might be unrelated. All right. Yeah, that's a new one. And that's- so. Man, like, you know, for first, fuck Craig Wright. The second is, uh, fuck Craig Wright. And third is, I don't think he's Satoshi. So, you know, like, it takes a lot of money to to defend yourself, uh, you know, especially mm-hmm. in the UK against all this bullshit. Yeah, and so, unfortunately, uh, the UK can export its legal bullying to people who don't live in the UK. Otherwise, this wouldn't be... In Europe only, problem. not here. Well, so, well, Hodler Nort... Hodlinaut was uh, defending himself, and uh, I don't know where the 47 Bitcoin came from. Uh, it was just donated to, um, I don't know if that came from Jack Dorsey's Bitcoin Legal Defense Fund or from somewhere else, but yeah, you're right. It, it's a hell of a lot of cash. It's it's crazy. And who gets rich? The lawyers. Mm. Oh, yeah, 100%. But like, he doesn't care, right? He's just trying. I, I mean, he, fe- he feels like he's a front for other people that want a massive Bitcoin. Do you know what I mean? Like, this whole thing doesn't add up. Like mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't. Like it's got like a, a like a weird. Uh, it's got a weird stink to it, you know. 
And underneath that, we've got Biden administration proposes a 30% tax on Bitcoin mining. Well, that's good because there's too many miners in the U.S. So he needs to do something <laughs> stupid to at least get him a bit. He, he, he won't get this through, right? Eventually, they'll, they'll be like, oh, it's not constitutional, blah, blah, blah. But it might send a few percent of miners to other countries. Yep. And then North Carolina County enacts a one-year ban on commercial Bitcoin mining. As opposed to non-commercial Bitcoin mining? <laughs> I mean, what what does commercial mean? Yeah, what's the definition there of commercial Bitcoin mining? Anything over X amount of ASICs or warehouse footage space, does it become commercial? The plebs in their basement, they're all good. Yeah. Anyways, uh, guys, um, I think I'm going to start wrapping this up. I'm sorry this was a, a little bit of lower energy uh, NVK on this one. This cold is like really making me confused and dazed. I saw one thing on the list that might be interesting to, uh, for you to sure. do a new show on, not on this show. You should have uh, the block binding uh, ASIC. Like, it'd be nice to have some people on the podcast, not just from their side, but from who know things about ASICs, who can say whether this is dumb or really cool. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that, it would be, I, I imagine it would probably be hard to get guys like that from big entities uh, on a pod to openly talk about things, but uh, even though they are working in the open. But I'll definitely, I'll definitely uh, try. I think, uh, I think it would be cool to have like a, a silicon, a silicon panel, ASIC silicon panel. Yeah, there may be some overlap when it comes to silicon, of course, to hardware wallet stuff. But it's, it's a slightly different thing it's trying to optimize for. So, cool. All right, boys. Any final thoughts? Shores. No. I will, again, shamelessly plug my podcast, Bitcoin Explained. It's a great podcast. Everybody should listen to it. Everybody should buy your book. You do a lot of great... The book is out there. I recently discovered that I accidentally deleted the Amazon link from the book page. Oh, why? Oh, accidentally. Oh, well. Yeah, accidentally. Uh, and also, turns out I was selling it at multiple places, including the book repository, but that disappeared. So really, Amazon is the only consistent place where you can buy it globally there's right. all there's probably in every country there may be another shop that also sells it we need that book on uh, consensus network have you spoken with nico about getting on there so the plebs can buy it with bitcoin i have not yet all right you, you know yeah, uh, get on to it. Uh, i was thinking the other day it would be kind of cool if uh, a lot of bitcoin uh, writers put all their books pdfs in an sd card and maybe we sell from our store with uh, when we ship a code card or something like that. That could be kind of neat. That'll be fun. Yeah, you can definitely do that. I mean, it's open. Maybe store. we can uh, get uh, somebody to do uh, like a read-only microSD, like the factory that does microSDs for us, and they they pre-burn them with the books. <laughs> that kind of that could be neat. I would like people to also buy the physical one because I like the idea of having redundant storage in case of a digital book burning. But yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. Nick, any final thoughts, sir? Yeah, we'll, we'll shamelessly you know, show the projects I'm involved with. If, uh, if Please Ordinals, do. If Ordinals is too expensive, uh, come to mainstay.xyz. It's a single seal <laughs> implementation. Can store like probably a billion JPEGs for one transaction, maybe two billion. <laughs> but yeah, outside of that, Mercury Wallet, we're still shipping, we're still building. And uh, another part time project I'm involved with, uh, CivKit, 
um, working with a guy called Antoine Riard, who's not very well known on Twitter, but very well known in the, the Lightning space. He's a brilliant mind and it's been a lot of fun working with him. So, and thanks for having us again. Hey, uh, listen, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Daniel. Yeah, come um, come find me on the uh, the Once Bitten podcast. If uh, if you like to hear Bitcoiners get grilled by my twelve year old daughter for the first 10, 15 minutes, and then um, just Great go bar. through down the, the the journey of the um, I love exploring people's rabbit hole journeys, what they were doing in their fiat life, what led them to Bitcoin, what primed them to understand Bitcoin, why they found it. Uh, that's kind of like the um, the essence of the show and what they're building. Uh, my book is Choose Life. You can find that on Consensus Network. And that's um, that's about uh, escaping the rat race, um, world schooling your family, unschooling, homeschooling, and, and traveling long term, and um, you know opting out of the system. And, and that's what Bitcoin is all about. So yeah, that's, um, that's me. And I look forward to seeing anybody at any conferences this year. I'll be in Miami, Prague uh, two times, and Biarritz, which Nick is where I met Nick last year in Biarritz. It's a great conference for any of the Euro plebs listening. Uh, get down there. They do have English and French stages going, so it's uh, it's uh, it's awesome. Probably the most beautiful conference I've ever been to. Uh, they call it yes, the best Bitcoin. location. They call it right on the beach. What, what's it's cooler kind of... than that? Surfing Bitcoin. Yeah. Surfing Bitcoin. I, I, I got to say, like, I'm pretty jealous of that one. Uh, like, the, the Noster Uvita conference at the beach was fantastic. I kind of feel like now I want every conference to be at the beach. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the way it should be. It's awesome, man. You can take the family. Yeah, then, I know. Right? Because that's, they can hang on the beach. That's right. That's what I did. Yep. Listen, guys, thank you so much for, for coming and uh, surviving two hours of this, including with uh, some last minute breaking news. I hope to have you all again soon. And uh, if you guys think of any panel ideas or other things we should be doing with the show, let us know. And uh, with that, we go. Thanks for listening. For more resources, check the show notes. We put a lot of effort into them. And remember, we don't have a crystal ball. So let us know about your project. Visit Bitcoin.review to find out how to get in touch. Mm-hmm.